Hi guys, I'm Nancy. And I'm Becca, and this is Insane Investigations. Thank you for joining us tonight on our second episode of the show. Um, today we're going to be covering the case of Eamon Lillis and Celine Colley. Um, before we start, I just want to say really quick that I did decide to take on the little kitten. So she's in the room with us now. She's only a baby, so she is meowing quite a bit. So if you do hear it in the background, like we apologize in advance. Hopefully it's not too annoying. Uh, we are going to try to edit it out the best that we can, but we'll see what we can do. We did say we'd give you an update. Just bear with us, please. Okay, so I suppose we'll just get right into it. So this one is a more recent case. It's a bit closer to home than Cork. It is an Irish case again, um, but this was from Dublin. This is actually something that happened in Hope, so you might, a few places might sound a bit familiar. Yeah. Okay. okay. I haven't heard anything about this case. Like, no. I've done, like, zero research. This is, like, Nancy's mini episode, so you're getting my initial reaction to this whole thing. Yeah. So, Rebecca's finding out as we go, same way you guys are, the information. So, right, let's get right into it. So, I'm going to start off by talking a bit about who Celine was. So, Celine Colley. She was born in 1964 in Hope County, Dublin. Um, she was a model and appeared in the 1985 Bond film, A View to Kill. Now, the funny thing was, right, she was only in this film for, like, 10 seconds, like, in the background. Like, she did not have a big part to play at all. But for some reason, when this whole incident happened and it was all over the news and stuff, like, they really made a point to address the fact yeah. that she was in a Bond film. I just Still, really like, that's a massive claim to fame. Like, I met Westlife when I was, like... <laughs> 10 or 11 i can't remember what age i was um and like i talked about it all the time for years like anytime oh somebody brought up like meeting a famous person i was like yeah well i met nikki Byrne. stop i don't think i've ever actually met anyone famous i'm trying to think no i honestly don't think i have i can't i'm not gonna tell a lie i actually honestly don't think i've ever met anyone famous um anyway so yeah so she was in a view to kill even if it was for 30 seconds she met her husband, Eamon Lillis, who plays a really big part in this story, in Kinsale, County Cork, in 1990. So they lived on the Wingate Road in Hoth, and they lived in a €3 million Euro mansion. Like, their house was so nice, and worth like, so much. Like, these were really living it up. Um, in 1992, so two years after they met, um, they welcomed a daughter in the world by the name of Georgia, so Celine ended up setting up a company called Toy Town Films, right? And basically it was a movie and advertising company. So it actually ended up becoming quite big. So they had deals with Diego, Heineken, Volkswagen and like loads of other international brands as well. So she was the founder and the director of the company. But then her husband, two years after she initially set it up, he joined as a producer as well. So nice, normal family. So it seems, you know, lovely house, great jobs lovely daughter they yeah. have it all living in Hoth really living in Hoth as well yeah to, to people who aren't from Ireland like if you live in Hoth you're like kind of posh you're living it like up. it's a really nice place to live so. you are living the dream and it's so expensive as well yeah. to live there so. you're considered successful if you live yeah there. like you've made it in life if you live in Hoth so shout out to everyone from Hoth <laughs> um so yeah basically they were living like a really really great life and this was all up until Monday, December 15th, 2008. Oh my God, that was really recent. Really recent. How have I never heard this before? I know, it's mad. So I'm going to give you a timeline of the events that played out on Monday the 15th of December, right? Okay. So 6.30am, Eamon Lillis woke up. He liked to do sit-ups in the morning, so he just started his day with his usual sit-ups. At 6.55am, he made a cup of tea for himself. 
brought one into his daughter and brought one into his wife as well in their bedrooms. Lilith said that his wife had a really bad cold, so he had stayed in the upstairs bedroom the night before. And then after he brought them their cups of tea, they watched some TV in her room. At 7.40 a.m., he went for a shower. At 8.30 a.m., he brought their daughter, Georgia, to school. He stopped and talked to an old college friend, and they spoke about putting up the Christmas decorations. He said he had put up the lights the night before, but they ended up blowing. So on his way home, he stopped at the Summit News Agents and picked up a copy of the Irish Times. When he arrived home, he said their three dogs came rushing to the car, so he decided to bring them on a walk. He said the road was typically quiet for a Monday morning and business was slow at that time of year. So the couple did not need to be in the office until the afternoon. And they had nothing to do until a 2pm meeting with their pension advisor. At 9.30am a neighbour heard a woman scream. A few seconds later she heard a second scream. And this isn't home mind you. So screams aren't a common occurrence. Like. 10.02am. So Lillis, the husband, makes a 999 call which is picked up in Tara Street Fire Station. He sounded frantic and high-pitched. He told the operator he and his wife had both been attacked. He said his wife had no pulse. So the Guardian and the ambulance were on the scene in minutes and found Celine outside on the patio. Lillis was still performing CPR as instructed by the operator. Paramedic Stephen O'Reilly from Kilbarrick Fire Station noted that her body was colder than it should have been for the amount of time that it has been exposed on the deck. And then at 10.56am, obviously Celine was brought to Bonnell Hospital and that's where she was pronounced dead. That same morning. Oh my god. Yeah. So when they got there, Eamon was trying to like resuscitate her. Yeah, he was like okay. performing CPR because that's what the 909 operator told him to do. So he was like okay. actively doing that. Okay, next we're going to talk about the crime scene. So Celine was found lying in a pool of her blood on the deck out the back. There was a blood-stained brick found beside her. Lillis had scratches on his face. He also had a pronounced lump on his forehead and abrasions on his knees. The fingernail on his wedding finger was pretty much torn away as well. He told the guardie that when he arrived back from walking the dogs, he found an intruder who was on top of his wife holding the brick. And apparently, and this is a quote, the intruder was messing with her top. So at that point, he ran out where he claims he ran out roaring and the assailant jumped up and swung the brick at him, causing Eamon to fall over the intruder then got away by jumping over the back fence so Eamon was brought to the guard station and shortly after he arrived there he asked to use the bathroom so the guard basically told him like yeah that's grand but just make sure not to wash your hands and um, when the guardie told him that he told him that he already had at the house right so obviously the guard were okay. probably like look don't wash your hands just in case they wanted to see if there was like any blood or even DNA. to rule out his DNA yeah. if they're testing for DNA and it's not hers, they want to obviously rule him out. Exactly. Um, but he said he had already washed his hands, so they were like, okay. oh, can't do that anymore. Just judging by the fact that we're talking about this case, I'm just like, of course he washed his hands. Of course. What an aiming move. Anyways, there's more. So after that, he handed over his clothes. So he had to obviously give whatever clothes he was wearing at the time. So he was wearing a grey t-shirt, a sweatshirt and green combat trousers. That's important to remember that. So Eamon gave a description of the intruder. He said he was 5'11", the same height as him. He said he was slim but had a strong build and that the intruder was wearing a grey dark, sorry, a dark grey bomber jacket with black sleeves, jeans and a black ski mask with white trim around it. And apparently the intruder was also carrying a dark rucksack. 
Eamon suggested as well that it was the same man who they suspected had burgled their home previously and even gave the guardian name and said that his wife would have confronted this fella if he would have came to their house again. So obviously they were like robbed before okay. and they knew who did it. So initially he was like, okay, I think it's this dude. And for a fact, if, if it was this fella, my wife would have 100% confronted him about it. And then he gave a quote to kind of describe Celine. So he said, Selena's a fighter, a tough nut. She would have confronted someone. She was no wallflower. So she was she was a tough woman, you know. Okay. So she was like you. She wasn't afraid of like yes, conflict. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Be like Celine. <laughs> Anyways, the investigation. So the guard began their investigation, but like immediately no one was making any type of sense to them. So they end up watching the CCTV of Lilith and the news agents, because remember he was saying that after he dropped it out of school, he popped into news agents to pick up a copy of the newspaper that day. So they went back and they watched the CCTV footage there and he was wearing a pair of jeans and a black jumper. Now mind you, when the police showed up, do you remember? He was wearing yeah. like a grey t-shirt, a sweatshirt and green combat trousers and he described the intruder as wearing a dark jumper and jeans. Oh right. no. So when they were searching the home, obviously they went in and did that, they discovered a lot more stuff that just was very weird. So they found that the couple were sleeping in separate rooms. So basically, you know, the way earlier on he was saying that they only slept separately for one night because like Celine had a really, really bad cold the night before. So they just wanted to, you know, sleep in separate beds for the one night. When they searched, I found out that they were actually like sleeping separated for like a very long time. Like they found evidence oh. in bedrooms that they were like sleeping together as a couple. Like they each had like their own personal space and stuff. But like, why wouldn't they just say that? I know, I know. It's a bit like, weird. We know people that do that, and it's like it's not like I it's feel like not it's uncommon, not uncommon. Like, exactly, I feel like it's not the yeah. weirdest thing. That There's actually happen. a lot of articles going around now about like people who used to like couples who used to sleep in the same bed together, and then like got separate bedrooms, and it actually improved their relationship yes, a lot. I've heard that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's not like a weird thing. Like you yeah. could just say like we sleep in separate bedrooms, and that's just the way. It, it works is. like that's just the way it is yeah it doesn't need to be a bigger thing than it is not like a hundred percent degrees so the fact that he went in to like fabricate this stuff about his wife having yeah, a cold you already seems so like you you've just described like uh, what the intruder looked like knowing full well that you were seen dressed like that yeah then you flat out lied to the guardian knowing that they're gonna figure it out it's like i know it gets worse oh no so in the wardrobe upstairs so this was in Eamon's room they found a gap polo shirt and a pair of boots that both had blood stains on them on the bedside locker they found a watch that looked like the face was smeared so and the link of the strap was found with basically pieces of like tissue paper and blood and with the face smear what they meant by that was like the actual face clock looked like there was obviously something on it like either something was spilled or like maybe blood and he like wiped it away and you could see that something like it was like somebody made a really poor attempt to just wipe it down if that makes sense um next to that as well on the bedside locker they also found a handwritten note by Eamon and this is what the note said she will get that wedding dress she will marry Kay now we don't know who Kay is Kay is literally just like the letter K okay next June she will send out the invites in January you'll never be with her properly the only way you can be with her is to live here Think of the positives in the relationship. You will never take her to France. She will never share your bed. You are running out of time. And then three exclamation marks. What 
the actual fuck. Oh, wait till you hear what he says about all these things. Like, what? I don't. E- I don't even know what that means. Speechless. Like it's no words. That's just weird as fuck. Like, <laughs> like it just. That, like how would you explain that? These it, are just my weird, creepy letters that I like. <laughs> to write. I, I write um, them to myself. Like, okay. Anyways, moving forward, they continue to search the house, and in the attic they find a suitcase, which was hidden under discarded toys and books. So in the suitcase there was a camera, a camcorder, and there was like lenses for like the camera. Buried under them was a black bin bag. So in the bin bag there was a pair of jeans, a black jumper both heavily covered in blood there was also a pile of bloody tissue paper so they obviously tested out the blood at like all these different items of clothing and stuff and the blood on all accounts matched Celine's. oh so as part of the investigation the guardy spoke to a woman named jean tracy okay it's either tracy or tracy i'm not sure um she's originally from tipperary but she worked as a massage therapist in Hohaven beauty clinic so she was eamon's masseuse for two years after Celine being his wife so she was a regular at the clinic and she ended up referring him onto them kind of thing okay and um, so she told the guardy that the two had been having an affair for the previous 10 weeks jean said he used to talk about his dogs a lot and one day she sat in his car as he showed her the photos of them by the way before i get further into this this is like some cringe factor stuff right here okay like this jean woman she definitely watched Grey's anatomy and like oh no wishes her life in her bleeding masseuse clinic and hopes <laughs> She wants to be Meredith Grey. Oh, just. So they were, she was having an affair with Eamon 10 weeks before Celine was murdered. Exactly. Okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Jean claims that she suddenly noticed while Eamon was showing her like the photos of his dog, right? So she was sitting in his car or whatever. He was showing her these pictures and then she noticed how nice his hands were and how manly they looked. (laughs) I know. I know. Gag fest. So, he usually got a back massage, right? But the following week, he said the muscles on the front of his shoulders were hurting. So, she turned them over to basically start, like, massaging his chest. Oh, my God. The front of his body. Oh, okay. I feel so cringy. I am, this. like, I am actually cringing. Like, my back is, like, shivering it's listening awful. to this. Yeah. Oh, there's more. It's, oh it gets God. so bad. I'm, like, I feel like I'm reading I, a like, porno or something. Like, it's weird. I can't even, like, call Nathan babe without cringing yeah like so like i am really not a lovey-dovey person yeah so this is extremely difficult for me this is not fun to read for me either but anyway so throughout this massage lilis did not close his eyes liz being aiming by the way did not close his eyes but kept looking at her to the point where she says she almost felt uncomfortable she asked him what are you thinking but he just stared at her and smiled then he asked her the same question. Jean took his hand, put it on her neck so he could feel her pulse and said that, that's what I'm thinking. And then left the room. Oh my God. I know, I know. And this is like an actual witness encounter type thing where like she came and gave this statement to the police with yeah. this level of detail. Like, I'm sorry, how did like, there's so many red flags. Jean, why are you a masseuse, love? You should be off writing novels. Like, the next bleeding Fifty Shades of Grey. Even this woman should be writing, like, what on earth? Like, Jean, like, that's that's some creepy shit. It's a bit weird, Jean. Have your fetishes, you like, you do you. But, like, (laughs) that is a big red flag that that man is creepy as fuck. Like, run. (laughs) I know, I know. So, 
if only she knew. So the following week, they kissed for the first time in the treatment room. Lovely. <laughs> I know. The following Monday, she came to the house and Celine and Georgia were in England at the time. So she had been to the home three times in total and they also went out for a shopping spree together, them being Celine. Uh, not Celine, Jesus, Jean <laughs> and Amy. Um, Lilith ended up getting a phone for her and gave her a phone that was specifically to be used only for talking to him. So she basically had like this burner phone that she would only use to communicate with Eamon. Another red flag. And there was more than 200 texts and almost 90 calls in the two weeks prior to Celine's death. So there was that amount between Jane and Eamon. She texted him the night before and planned to meet as usual on Monday. She texted him the following morning at 10.26am. So this would have been the morning of. Everything okay? Question mark. And then again at 11.14am. Getting a bit worried now, babe. X. Maybe that's because he's with his wife. Like, okay, what what he was doing was pretty fucking bad. But, like, yeah. Did she know that he was married, like? I'm pretty sure she did, yeah. Yeah, she did. Because she knew. Because she was. Oh, yeah. Well, she obviously. was. He, she literally knew his wife. He would. She would yeah. massage his wife as well. She was, like, her masseuse. And then. So, basically, she was, like, playing devil's advocate almost in between them. She probably heard. Yeah. Celine maybe complain like do you ever get it's like therapy you know what i mean like even if you go get like your lashes done i used to always go get yeah. my lashes done or my nails done and i feel like my nail artist slash lash lash tech literally knew like my whole life story and yeah. all the dramas in my life because i used to just like <laughs> pour my heart out to her yeah the girl that used to do my nails was the same like she was just like my little therapist it's just like a known thing yeah. so i wouldn't be surprised if maybe like while you know she was getting massage, relieving all this tension. She maybe started opening up. I don't know. This is just my theory, guys. This isn't like yeah confirmed. But I mean, way. either way, it it was wrong. Oh on yeah, both sides. On oh both yeah, both sides. But I mean, like, don't be texting like some married man being like, yeah. "I'm worried about you. Where are you?" Like he's probably with his wife. Yeah, it's mad. Jean, <laughs> Jean, pop on. Um, and by this time, like, while she was texting me, everything okay, getting a bit worried now, Celine had already been pronounced dead, sorry. After the murder, Jean probably did the smartest thing this woman has done in her whole entire life, and she cut contact with Eamon altogether. Okay, good. Yeah. Good woman, Jean. Go you, Jean. Well done. Coming to your senses. <laughs> Literally, we're proud of you. <laughs> um, so the evidence is obviously mounting up. There's physical and circumstantial evidence against Eamon Lillis in this case. So, on Saturday the 20th of December, by the way, 2008, the Guardi arrived to the home of Chris Colley, which was Celine's brother, where Lillis and his daughter had been staying. At 6.55am, Lillis was arrested, and at the time when he was arrested, he said, quote, what's the basis for this? Yeah. So, it's going on, like, why are you here? Why are you arresting me? Um, why do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I'll give you three guesses, Amy. Like, come on. (laughs) Yeah. So, Lilith obviously tried to explain. By the way, I keep switching between Lilith's name and I was just shit at taking down notes. Half of them say Lilith, half of them say Eamon. So. I was the same with the Ian Bailey one I last apologize. week. I was like, Ian did this, Bailey did this. Yeah, this. just awful. I you mean, know who we're talking about. Yeah, we need to work on this, but it's fine. Um. Okay, just once you get the gist of who I'm talking about, that's the main thing. So, Eamon tried his best to explain away all the evidence. Of course he would like of course. Of course. Duh. nobody's gonna walk in there and be like yep 
I did it. Yeah. So was you're dead right. He, he tried. He tried his darndest. He tried so hard, but wasn't looking great for him. So he said the couple had got used to sleeping separately when their daughter was a baby. So they preferred to sleep separately because they both got a good night's sleep and were ready for the day ahead. And said Celine was a heavy snorer and kicked around in the bed. That makes sense. I do that too, though I can't sleep. Although Nathan says that I don't snore, but I mean, we both like just sprawl around no, the bed, like, like just killing each other. <laughs> it makes sense, right? Yeah, it does that's make not sense. The issue, like that's fine. That's that's a, that's an okay excuse. That's grand. No problem. No problem, Eamon. Like relax. Yeah. It's fine. But that is like the third version of why they were sleeping in separate beds. Because remember the first time he was like, "Oh, she had a call. We only slept separate for like one night." Then it was like the two of them just slept separately and then it was like oh well our daughter and now we just get a better night's sleep and yeah just weird which anyway. one is it amen yeah make up your damn mind like just say that from the start like why yeah. you like you know like anyways um okay so then with the clothes right so he claims he changed his clothes to take the dogs out for a walk and then he left his other set of clothes that he was just wearing in the kitchen okay now mind you once again this doesn't make sense because remember in the initial statement he said that he in the timeline he got home as soon as he got home and walked out of the car the dogs came running up to him and that's when he decided to bring them for a walk yeah never said anything about going in never said anything about getting changed but now he's claiming that he did he got changed to walk his dogs which once again right if that was just the case Fair enough. Fair enough. There's plenty of times I've come home from work and been like, I'm going to get changed before I walk. Yeah, because you want to be comfortable. Yeah. You know, if you're walking your dogs, it's, it happens yeah. in Just Ireland. Just don't so. lie about it. Like, yeah, like you get changed. Especially when there's no need. I hate when people just lie for no reason. I know. Like, why are you wasting everyone's time? Yeah. Oh, the kitten's at it again. Oh, the kitten is like... See, the thing is, she'll like come out, but then the minute you move, like she just runs back under the bed. Yeah, she's having a moment. I think you should call her Layla, though. That's a cute name. Yeah, I'm thinking of Layla. I don't know what else. Yeah. I think it's something by Layla. Give us ideas. Yeah. Layla is definitely top contender at the moment. Anyways, where were we? I just realized something. Sorry. So your kitten is actually going to be my cat's sister. Oh, They have the same mom. So we're family. We're related. We're related. Oh, my God. We're related to the kittens. That's so cute. I love that. Okay, let's go back to this. Yeah, so he's obviously saying he left them clothes in the kitchen, right? But he said he can't explain how they ended up in the attic, in the bin bag. But he did come up with a suggestion, like, maybe, and this is quite a big maybe, may I add, but he goes, maybe there was a second fella, right? So while the first fella was attacking his missus, the second fella... What, put on his clothes and killed her... (laughs) Put his clothes in a bin bag and put it in the attic yeah. all in the time it took him to walk through the front door. I know, I know. Like <laughs> So, no, apparently the second fella used the clothes to clean up the mess and put them in a suitcase along with the items they were going to steal and then for some reason or other they decided to put the suitcase up in the attic for, you know, safekeeping until they come back. Yeah, until they come back after committing a murder and a robbery, <laughs> we're gonna come back to get, <laughs> Take the to get all the DNA evidence and everything <laughs> that we use. Yeah, we're gonna leave that at the scene and nobody is gonna find it, and then we'll just come back and take it at a later date because that's that's what a smart criminal does. That's the only logical way yeah. to do it. Like obviously, that's it's the only way that makes sense because like 
the sass coming yeah, out. Like, why? <laughs> I just don't understand that. I'm sorry. I know. No, it makes, it literally makes zero sense. So, the guardy, do you remember I said that, like, when he went to the station and whatever, they, like, arrested him, they asked him whatever, all this stuff. They obviously took whatever clothes he was wearing, right? And they noticed that on the inside of the top that he gave them, there was blood stains. So meaning that blood would have only came or could have only came from his body. So as if he took off maybe the bloody clothes that he was wearing, didn't wipe himself down yeah. and just threw a fresh set of clothes over him. And then there was blood transfer on the inside of the jumper that he was wearing. Come on. In. I know. If you like if you're going to murder somebody and try to cover it up, think that shit through Literally. because it is so obvious that you are guilty. I know. I know. So, anyways, the guardy obviously asked him, like, here, what's the story with this? Yeah. Explain this one to us, Eamon. And his response was, I have nothing to say to that. So, obviously, then they started, like, asking questions about him and Celine's relationship. So, he asked him, like, do you love your wife? He said, God, yes. And he also said that Celine was a terror of strength to him. So, he denied the fact that they had any type of, like, sexless marriage. And he said that... Or sorry, he made no comment when he was asked if he was unhappy in the marriage. So he initially started by denying having the affair with Jane. So when he was first like asked about this, he was like, Do you know this woman? Like la la la. He was like, No, 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 I don't have a clue what you're talking about. But like is he forgetting that she could just be like, Yeah, I know him. Yeah. Like I don't I actually I I I cannot understand this guy's trying to talk at all. Like, no, I don't know her. Of nowhere. Were you happy in your marriage? No comment. No comment. Yeah, literally. Like, just because you can say yes and I was having an affair doesn't mean that you murdered her. If like, anything, you can just tell the truth. That's what I mean. Like, it still doesn't mean that you killed her. Oh my her, god, this so. man pisses me off. Oh, yeah, I know, big time. So, obviously, there was stacks upon stacks of evidence to, like, the text, the phone calls to show that these two were having an affair. She admitted to it as well. So, he eventually obviously when presented with this he was like okay yeah no that's true yeah. like i don't care how long you're having an affair or who you're having an affair with no mistress is, when it comes to a murder case is going to lie they're gonna yeah. be like yeah i know him and like get him away from me exactly and just to kind of give you a taste of how much of a piece of shit this man is he referred to his affair with jane as a midlife crisis oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that's the same as buying like an expensive car. Yeah. Or... Just have a, have an affair. Just have cheat an on affair. your wife. Yeah. Murder your wife. Go for it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But it's okay. Alert. It's okay, Nancy, because he was having a midlife crisis. Oh, so of course. Sorry, I forgot yeah. about the midlife crisis. I yeah. apologize. No charges for you, Mister yeah, Raymond. It's okay. Like, just yeah. Just yeah. don't do that again. Okay. We all have a midlife crisis. It's fine. Yeah. Understandable. No, that's not understandable. Okay. Jean, though, was not that much better of a person in case you haven't gathered that already because she was actually engaged at the time Aww. of the affair to a man named keith Eamon apparently said that he knew that jane was engaged this whole time <gasps> keith is k from the letter oh oh my god rebecca i never even noticed that oh my god now. that's exactly what it was he was like having his affair but he still wanted his wife and then he found out that his wife was having an affair and he was like no i'm not letting this happen and then he murdered her that's just my theory i haven't heard yeah. the whole story though so lilith said 
that he knew about that and that he had no type of jealousy over Jane mm. being engaged. But he's writing letters about her marrying Kate. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, he also said that he never intended on leaving Celine and he would never break up a family and denied ever discussing divorce with Jane. So he denied ever saying that he was going to divorce Celine or anything like that, like while speaking to Jane. So he was adamant as well that Celine had no clue about the affair. Now, we don't know whether or not that's true because obviously Celine isn't here to like stay her case. But according to him, she didn't know anything about it, which I don't really believe because I feel like women. women, Yeah, we know. We have like a sixth sense for that stuff. Like if you think that you're getting away with it, all the lads out there. You're not. You're not. She already knows. Yeah. And she's probably planning some type of really bad revenge. Yeah, so. <laughs> like, you, you want, like, a girl that's going to be a psycho and come home and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Because it's the girls that don't say anything that get, like, the worst revenge. Yeah. Like, if true. it was me, I'd just come home and I'd start screaming my head off at me. Yeah. I would say what I would do, but then I could potentially yeah. end up. I'd throw all this shit out the window. I don't blame you. <laughs> um. Anyways, where were we? Oh, yeah, so the Guardi did say to Eamon that they obviously went around, they questioned people in Hote, like, the area. And Hote is such a small, like, place in general. I feel like people just from Hote, like, know each other and they all know each other's business. Yeah. Like, they're very involved. Um, But basically, he was... Oh, yeah, so they obviously questioned people around the area and everyone said that they did not have a bad word to say about the couple, like okay. Celine and Eamon. So whatever stuff was happening inside the house, it didn't, like, present itself outside. So, it's like, okay. the rest of the world or the rest of the whole, like, they just seemed like a normal, happy, you know, couple. And that's why I say when this whole thing played out, it was even more of, like, a shock to them. Because yeah, stuff like this just normal. doesn't happen in Hope, you know? Yeah. It's such a quiet place. Like, I feel like crime just doesn't Plus, really Plus, like, there. regardless of how much it happens, you never think it's going to happen to you yeah imagine like, your neighbor or something like finding this out yeah like yeah it's just weird so the neighbors and the people who knew her from the area did this did describe celine as a strong formidable woman when asked if she was the dominant person slightly on the bullying side lilla said no so they started kind of presenting this theory like because she was essentially like the breadwinner so she because she started up the company remember he was essentially yeah. working for her so her salary was five hundred thousand a year oh my god i can't even imagine earning that much me like I can't. either imagine like you just wouldn't have to worry about anything anymore. literally now a three million dollar house uh, three million dollar jeez where do i think i am three million euro house like you would have to be earning a, a lot. hefty yeah. wage to be getting approved for like something like that but Anyways, and Eamon himself, working as a producer for her company, was getting a hundred thousand. So, so there was a big difference. Yeah, like still a really good amount of money, yeah. mind you. Like I can't even imagine earning a hundred k. But Me either, but like, that's quite a difference between. You know, you can say yeah. that it could hurt a man's ego if a man was the type. Yeah, but I mean, like, fuck that shit. It's the twenty first century. Like, oh, I agree. I would love if somebody just moved in and was like, oh, I make loads of money. You just need to just, you know, just do your little day job and you can have whatever you want. I'd be like, cool, thanks. Bye. See ya. <laughs> um, anyway, so they started kind of playing into maybe could this be a possible motive? Maybe she was like acting real bossy in the house as well in their personal life and saying that like 
she would you know give him commands like come here and go and do that and stuff but he denied all of this right so he turned around and said nope that's not true that wasn't the case like that doesn't bother me he also said that they had no type of argument on the day when all this happened and he said to the guardy that he just wouldn't be capable of murder murdering Celine. so he came do you remember there was like scratches and stuff he had like some yeah. damage to him as well so he claimed the scratches on his face were from him lifting Celine's hand to check for a pulse and it's because she had long nails yeah okay <laughs> okay Eamon if, yeah. if you say so like I'm sorry but if she's unconscious on the ground like what did you do with her hand that you <laughs> scratched yourself with her sharp nails like I'm sorry that makes no sense what were you doing like yeah. <laughs> so Eamon also insisted the note on his bedside table was not about Jean marrying Kay in June oh here so that actually answers the key question. question yeah. Now, I'd say that is what it was about 110%. That's the only logical answer. But he's claiming that no. Right? But then again, he's claiming no to a lot of things that are most likely yeah. yes. So, anyways, he claims the reason behind the note was that it was a short story he was working on about a doomed love affair and that he had drawn inspiration from his own affair. Mm, okay, but if you're drawing inspiration from your own affair and you're saying that that's not how you feel how does that make sense it doesn't it's like it doesn't yeah it's just it does not no anyways so next we're looking at the trial okay so after only one day the file was sent to the dpp which we learned last time was the director of public prosecutions and and the case was brought to trial in january 2010 so it was a bit of time because it happened in 2008 so yeah over a year anyway so the jury was made up of six men and six women so it was like quite balanced out they heard that celine had suffered oh i forgot to mention as well she suffered three blows to the head so they found out from like you know examining her body and the wounds and stuff that the first one this is how they terrorized the events played out so the first blow to the head knocked her to the ground and the next two was while she was already down they were able to obviously tell this Eamon denied any involvement in his wife's death right up until the trial began he then changed his story and said that they did have an argument that morning because he forgot to put mealworms out for the birds okay fair enough Uh, he said it was a bizarre accident and that he did not see her fall the first time what? while he was bashing her in the head with a brick I really like this just does not make any logical sense to me he claimed the second hand injury could have happened when he pushed her against the living room window in the heat of an argument. So he ratted himself out on this one with that. Okay, cause... yeah, because that's very normal. Like, um, no, no, sir, that's not okay. Yeah, and as, as far as I know, I don't even know if they had this information at hand. I think he just, like, openly was like, oh, no, actually, the reason she got that injury when I bashed her into a wall or into a yeah. window. Oh, uh, you know, it's just a normal, you know, Saturday afternoon. I was just throwing my wife around the living room. I know. Like, no wonder she was sleeping in a separate bed. Yeah. Like, no wonder she probably wanted you to You are a very lucky man that she didn't just fuck you out. Yeah, which I know, like, a lot of women would have done yeah. just from the get-go. But I would have just been like, get the fuck out of my home. Yeah, don't ever come back. Yeah. So, the third blow to her head, he said, happened when he tried to stop her biting his finger after they had fallen onto the decking. So, once again, do you remember, like, 
the whole thing thing about like the quotes that the the like people in general that knew this woman even the quotes that Eamon said about her that she was like a really strong woman like she wasn't she was confrontational she wasn't afraid to kind of fight back basically so that's why he was kind of busted up as well um okay so he still pleaded not guilty to murder and on friday january 29th he was found guilty of manslaughter after the jury had deliberated for a total of nine hours and 28 minutes manslaughter yep and he was sentenced to six years and 11 months sorry what manslaughter isn't manslaughter like accidental Accidental. death yeah so i think why they went with manslaughter now by the way i do not agree with this whatsoever not in the slightest but i think the reason why they went with manslaughter was because he was claiming that they just got like a heat argument in the moment spur of the moment he grabbed the brick and like attacked her kind of thing so when was he sentenced what year so he was sentenced in it would have been january 29th 2010 so he's out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. While he was in prison, he pursued his artistic side, including painting and writing and his high involvement in a play that was watched by the presence of Ireland, Michael D. Higgins, which like Michael, why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, Michael, just don't. What business have you got? Witness- I mean, I just don't. Why are they letting this fella do a play? Yeah, I mean, why isn't he just, like, locked up in the joy in a room with no window where he can't move or see or... I couldn't tell you. Anyways, he wrote an essay that won an award at Listow's Listow's Writers Week, a prominent writing competition in Ireland, which I clearly know nothing about considering I can't even pronounce the name. But guess what? I mean, it's not all that great and you're not that great of a writer if you're writing creepy fucking notes notes about your mistress marrying her fiance i mean i know oh there is a good side to all of this right so wait till you hear this this is probably the best out of everything okay so his family and friends have disowned him oh that's good his daughter wants nothing to do with him and in a 2011 court case over assets she she said the daughter that she would rather stick pins in her eyes than see him return to their home where he killed her mother yes what's her name georgia go georgia you are a legend i agree what a queen what a woman i'm so sorry that you had to go through this shit but your dad is an absolute arsehole arsehole yeah you don't need that in your life no you're better off with him fuck that and you're so brave for you know saying a quote like that against your dad i mean i don't blame her i'd be the exact same if not worse but that's a lot anyways Celine's family even after her death like they still kind of wanted to fight for her so they went to court to try and stop Lilith getting his share of her assets which were a result of his crime right a gap in Irish law saw him walk away with almost 1 million 500,000 euro from their different assets including their home Eamon Lilith was released from Wheatfield prison in 2015 as a millionaire after murdering his wife the fuck yeah he went to stay with a sister in the uk but returned to dublin and bought a home not far from the from where the home he shared with celine so i think he bought another house and house somewhere uh, but when he couldn't repair the relationship with his daughter or other family members he left ireland once again and it's now believed that he lives in the uk or somewhere in mainland europe what the actual fuck that was such a fucked up case i know 
Um, there is something that Cillian's family tried to introduce, right? And I'm like 100% on board with this, but unfortunately when I was researching into it, there was a lot of kind of going back and forth. And the last update was in 2019 and they're still kind of like up in the air whether or not they will approve this or not. But they're looking to introduce a law called Cillian's Law, which will essentially prevent a spouse from taking over his wife's assets in the case that he murdered her or like anything like that doesn't okay. matter if it's like manslaughter first degree second degree any type or even anything. like attempted murder yeah like he can't okay well i i know that you're saying there's been no updates but i really hope that that gets implemented yeah because fuck me i hope he he has a horrible rest of his life wherever he is i know i agree and yeah i think they came up with that in 2015 2016 and then it was going back and forth i think around 2018 it looked like it was gonna go ahead like it went up the chain of commands to get approved and stuff and it looked like it was gonna go ahead and then in 2019 they were like they found like loads of loopholes so they were like they're holding off implementing it until they get all that figured out before like yeah. and i hope that they do go ahead and implement something like that because like how is that fair he murders his wife a child left without a mother and without a father now as well essentially and he gets to walk off as a millionaire, like, nah, beyond man. a joke. So, yeah, that's the case of Eamon Lillis and Celine Carly. What a fucking head case, man. I know. I hope he stubs his toe every five minutes for the rest of his life. I hope he steps on a Lego. Yeah. Every time he goes to take a step. Yes, I hope he steps on Lego every single second yeah. of every single day. So, yeah, that's it for tonight, or today, lads. Um... Once again, don't forget to check out our social media. We will post photos linked to this case. You can follow us on Instagram at Insane Investigations. Facebook at Insane Investigations. You can check out our website at InsaneInvestigationsPodcast.com. And if you have any suggestions, like any cases that you want us to cover, you can pop us an email at InsaneInvestigations at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.